Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today, special guest, short notice, but I'm super excited to have this guest. We are talking about pediatric cancer and how we can fight back using cryptocurrency and the blockchain. Jacob Beckley from the Beckley Foundation. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Jacob, thank you so much for joining the program and thank you for the short notice. I was talking to Eric, your assistant there, early a.m. before my workout and I said, wow, this is some awesome stuff. We need to go ahead and get Jacob on the program and thankfully we were able to get you on the show today. So thank you for joining us and I'm really excited for this conversation because right now uh, I know a lot of people are looking for ways that they can help people who are in need and sometimes they look at their dollars and they say, man, is my dollars going to be worth what I hope they're going to be worth and bring the value that I hope they're going to bring the value and we're seeing that the dollar lose its luster and thankfully we have some alternative technologies out there that are helping give awesome organizations like you over at the Beckley Foundation help with some amazing causes that are out there. So let's first start things off, Jacob. Introduce yourself to The Brian Nichols Show and what is the Beckley Foundation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Jacob Beckley. I am the chairman of the board of the Beckley Foundation. And this is a foundation that was started in 2016, a nonprofit organization. And our mission was to help fund uh, underfunded pediatric uh, research and build awareness uh, around that devastating disease. So we have done so many things throughout the years. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, a small foundation, but we've raised, you know, 20,000, 30,000 a year, 50,000. And then I did a, a couple of crazy events. I did a I built a boat and rode across Lake Michigan uh, to raise funds and, and raised quite a bit. And then that caught the attention of Charles Peanut Tillman, formerly of the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. And he and I did the same thing. We uh, built a boat, designed it, built it nights and weekends, and then rode across Lake Michigan. And then since then, uh, we've... Uh, started Cure, and I can tell you a bit about why in a, in a bit here. I would love that, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, that's that's awesome. You get to hang out with uh, Charles Tillman there from the Bears. Why not? Um, and he, he's famous for the, uh, the the peanut swipe there when he had rip apart yeah, the, the football. Peanut Punch. Peanut Punch, thank you. I, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan, so that's my, 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 my uh, I guess, cross to bear there. But uh, no, Jacob, this is fantastic stuff because right now, and, and I would love to hear as you start things out why the Beckley Foundation came to be, um, we're seeing, though, like there are a lot of people, much like you, who are looking to just get involved and try to start making a difference. And I think right now, in 2022, the the opportunities for people to actually take that step 
they weren't there before. Now it's not only it's there, but it's actually a lot easier than it was in the past. So let's talk about that, but also let's dig into what I guess was the uh, the precipice for you starting off the uh, the Beckley Foundation. Well, there's, uh, there's specifically a few things. I have been raising money since uh, 2011, and uh, you know, pediatric cancer is really dear to my heart. I've met so many uh, families, hundreds of families uh, that have uh, either child uh, children with pediatric cancer or who have unfortunately lost their child to pediatric cancer. And, uh, you know, my, my day job is I'm an executive uh, within a uh, innovation firm. So I focus on dissecting problems, figuring out how to uh, come out with new approaches, to, uh, new solutions to uh, problems that exist today. And I feel that by focusing on pediatric cancer, we're going to have uh, cascading effects throughout all forms of cancer. And that's already been proven today. So we've started uh, raising money for uh, specifically in Chicago initially, uh, for uh, Lurie's Children's Hospital of Chicago and uh, now Rush University of Chicago as well. And we fund uh, research labs and that focus on cutting edge uh, research and, and trying to uh, trying to find a cure inevitably. You know, they're trying to improve treatment, uh, make chemotherapy uh, stronger, more tailored, and, uh, and also working on, on trying to, to get rid of this catastrophic disease. Yeah, I have a little cousin who uh, just he's seven years old and got hit with uh, lymphoma. And oh. it, it was just, you know, it, it crushes you because you look at the child and you're just like, you're a kid. You didn't, you didn't deserve any of this. You're, you're just, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed. You, you have your life ahead of you. And he spent the past two years going through tests and bone marrow transplants. I mean, you just go through the list of things that he's had to go through in his little life. And it, it breaks your heart. And to your point, nobody wants to see children, the most innocent among us, suffering. And the fact that you're taking the step and trying to do the research to not only help those kids in need right now, but to help prevent the kids of the future from having to go through just all these this pain and suffering that we've seen happen over the years. So let's talk about some of the successes you're having right now. You've been doing the research since 2016. Obviously, you must be having some success getting the eyes of NFL veterans. So uh, I would love to hear what success you're finding over the Beckley Foundation and actually helping with pediatric cancer. Well, it's it's quite a bit. But, you know, initially when the foundation started, we, we weren't raising a lot of money. You know, I think the first year that uh, the foundation was in existence, I think I raised about $3,000, you know, nothing much. And that was from just putting myself out there to, to help build awareness. But each year it, it grew uh, significantly. And since uh, 2016, uh, you know, both personally and through the foundation, we've raised about a million dollars, which is a significant amount of money in, 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 you know, for a small foundation in those years. And, uh, you know, one of the challenges that we had coming into the pandemic, you know, once that hit, I mean, the whole world changed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing that changed for foundations is that all fundraising kind of stopped. We used to host in-person events and where you'd have silent auction items, you know, cocktail parties, things like that to help raise funds. And we couldn't do any of that. So we had to uh, we had to pivot. And what better place to pivot than uh, what I'm passionate about, you know, technology, you know, cryptocurrency and philanthropy and tie it all together with a little bit of innovation. And you come out with a, a new form of cryptocurrency that's focused entirely on building awareness and uh, supporting research in pediatric cancer. 
How about that? And that's where I wanted to really dig in today. You've developed something that is so revolutionary in the way we help fund these different uh, forms of research, and you've developed the Cure Token, which I think is a fantastic idea and a fantastic name. I'm in sales and marketing. I trust me. I, I, I see a good name like that. I'm like, ooh. And uh, I loved when I was looking at the website that you are literally, you're the first to do this, and you're revolutionizing the way that people are being able to donate money. So let's talk about that. What has been the feedback that you've received from the public in terms of, number one, the ease of being able to make these donations, but number two, have you noticed anything in terms of the types of donations? Have they been better? Have they been worse? Enlighten us. Yeah, so, you know, cryptocurrency is an asset, you know, so it's a tradable asset, just like you would have like uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, you know, and also it's like a, a stock, for example. So so what, what people do is they buy um, a piece of this, just like you would buy a share of a, a company, and, uh, you know, it fluctuates in price. The more people uh, that, that buy it, uh, the, uh, the price goes up, you know, the supply goes down. And out of that, every single transaction, uh, there's a 4% f- uh, transaction fee that goes directly to the foundation. And what I'm proud of is that our foundation is a dollar in, dollar out. You know, it's not a foundation that is scaled so large where, you know, dollar in and 20% of it goes out to, to people in need or the actual mission or the cause. So dollar in, dollar out. So 4% of that is, is accumulated quite fast. You know, we were uh, at a point where we were at a $56 million market cap and uh, with the foundation was pulling in about $10,000 a day, uh, which is a not an insignificant amount of money considering, you know, the year prior, it was, it was so difficult to even, you know, raise 50 grand, you know, so it's a, it's a big shift. Um, so the, the challenge that we've had though, is because this is a tradable asset, you know, and people in cryptocurrency are really only out about making money. They want to double their portfolio. They want to, uh, you know, increase, you know, how much money they actually have you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day. So they're always looking for new projects, new cryptocurrencies to get involved in. Um, that's been a challenge for us because um, what I've tried to do is tap into those those people with that mindset, but try to get them to think differently. You know, you can make money. You can, you know, put your put your dollar out there and hopefully it'll, you know, double or triple. But at the same time, you can actually do some good, you know, or you go to bed at night and think, you know what, I'm actually helping out, you know, I'm actually making a difference. And we've made a significant difference uh, in the past five, six months here in the amount of research we've been able to fund, uh, the amount of direct family support that we've been able to help out with, you know, it, you know, getting a child with cancer isn't a choice. You know, it's not like you opt into it. Right. It's, it's something that just happens. And more times than not, uh, when you have a child diagnosed with cancer, you you immediately go into financial burden, you know, and you, you can't pay sometimes your mortgage or your rent. You can't pay for care or your car payments, things like that. And uh, and we connect with with hospitals throughout the U.S. and now now in the world, which we've never been able to do before and uh, find these families, connect with social workers and and make a difference. You know, whether it's paying a car payment, you know, fixing an air conditioner, you know, building a ramp outside of a house, whatever these things are that we can help support to ease that burden so that uh, the families can can have a better quality of life uh, that's or, or not even better just consistent uh, you know quality of life that they mm-hmm. may have had prior that's what we're trying to do and uh, you know even so, so far as you mentioned uh, lymphoma uh, there's been a, a few families that we've supported uh, where the, the children have been diagnosed at such a young age and their whole world the kids and their families their whole world revolves around cancer the whole every every part of their, their existence mm-hmm. and uh, these families haven't been able to like for example ever take a vacation you know ever and uh, so we granted a few a few trips to disney world uh, with a, a charity out there called give kids the world and we were able to grant chips trips to these 
families and, and create memories for them, you know, and something that uh, uh, they're going to remember forever and cherish. So we've been able to do a lot. You know, and I'm just excited about, uh, you know, where we've gone, what's what's on the horizon and, and just all the great things that we're going to be able to do here in the future. Yeah, well, let's talk about the things on the horizon. And obviously that involves people getting involved and being able to help support and start thinking off. I, I want to learn, how do we go ahead and get this awesome new uh, crypto out there, Cure Token, number one. And number two, I mean, you mentioned that it is just like every other cryptocurrency, but is there any limitations that people have to be prepared for when they go into this world of uh, the, the Cure Token? Yeah, there is. You know, cryptocurrencies kind of a scary place, you know, I mean, it's, you know, cryptocurrencies in general, you know, I mean, you, you talk about mainstream cryptos, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you can go to Coinbase, Robinhood, you know, Binance, things like that. They're very traditional methods of, of entry. Uh, when you start talking about some of these more complex uh, cryptocurrencies that aren't yet listed on those tier one exchanges, it can be really daunting and difficult to buy. So it's uh, our project is currently on the, uh, the Binance BNB uh, smart chain network. Uh, and it is, uh, Telling you, it's it's really hard to buy. So what we did is we developed a new technology called CurePay, uh, which allows people to uh, go to a website, which is pay.curetoken.net. Uh, they can say how many Cure Token or how many U.S. dollars they want to spend to buy, and uh, it's just like buying a pair of shoes online. Like that's it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to you don't have to know about wallets or exchanges or swapping tokens. We just made it really simple. And we do all of that. We automate that entire process, which is a pretty complex process, automated in a few seconds programmatically through technology. And then at the end of it, you get access to a dashboard uh, that shows your tokens where you can interact with them. You can uh, send them to a wallet once you become more sophisticated on what a wallet is, a software uh, wallet. Or, uh, you, you know, you can buy them, uh, buy more, trade, sell, things like that. So we try to simplify the process. But, you know, I'm in technology. And the first time I tried to buy any cryptocurrency, at this level of cryptocurrency, it took me two days to figure it out. Wow. It's, it's not an easy process. So so what I want to do is really simplify it. And now it takes seconds now for anyone, even a novice user. That's amazing. And that's right there sometimes the biggest challenge, right? To get new people to embrace this new technology is it's it's difficult. My day job, I'm in sales and uh, my, my focus is exactly in that, the, the business technology world, cybersecurity, phone systems, bandwidth solutions. And the, the number one challenge I face is getting people to say, yeah, this looks great, but will it look great for me? And to be able to bridge that world and saying, not only is it possible to get this new solution that's going to make things better, but it's not as a hair pulling of a process as people think it is. So let's talk about that. And I, I would love to dig more into right now the, the community that you're building. And, and I think that right there maybe is something that we're seeing a lot with this crypto environment is it is building communities because each crypto kind of is its, in essence, its own so it's its own dollar. I mean, it is. It's its own money. And it just like a country, when you have your dollar, like that's for that country. And now it's like these dollars are for these little communities. So what's the community looking like for the Cure Token? And how is that community growing? Yeah, we've, we've actually been growing at a, a pretty steady pace. Uh, you know, last, last time I checked, this was a while ago, uh, but uh, I think we were at about 20,000 um, people uh, throughout all our different social media platforms. And, uh, you know, these are people who opt in, who, who are interested in the project, who, who uh, want to get involved. I mean, this is something that's, uh, that's pretty crazy when I tell you this. But, you know, this isn't just me running this. When I started this, it was just me. But now uh, we have about 180 people uh, behind the scenes that are involved. And these are people who are handling social media, working on uh, different marketing tactics, 
uh, you know, knocking on doors, setting up meetings. I mean, all these different types of things. It's a lot of people to come on board a project. And why people are coming on is because they believe in it. They believe in the, the charity aspect of it. They believe that we're doing a lot of good at the end of the day. So it's a it's a really strong community. And this is, you know, these are volunteers. These these aren't like people who are, you know, making making additional income from this. This is all all for charitable uh, you know, charity's sake, and they just want to get involved and and uh, do some good. So it's, I think that's a testament to the community uh, mm. that uh, that we're growing really rapidly, and that the people aren't just there passive passively engaging, but they they're significantly and making a difference through their engagement, and that that's been pr- pretty remarkable. And I don't think a lot of projects uh, see that uh, you know type of community support. Yeah. Well, and let's maybe tell one of those stories. I was on the website earlier and I was reading the story about a little girl named Kate. Can you tell the story about Kate? Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, Kate's, Kate's great. Uh, we, uh, I'll tell you a story about the pandemic and Kate. Uh, we, uh, oh boy, my wife and I, you know, get so involved, invested with the families that, that we support. You know, we try to uh, stay connected with them, try to help them, try to find ways to, to make a difference personally. And also through the foundation, obviously. Uh, but in the in the case of Kate, when the pandemic hit, uh, she lives here in Chicagoland, and she was getting treatment in New York at Sloan Kettering. And uh, it, you know, right when the pandemic hit, it was really uncertain times. You know, you weren't sure how bad it was. Traveling became difficult. She had a you know deficient uh, immune system, so she wouldn't be able to fly on a, a traditional plane. So uh, her mother w- was going to drive her to New York. And uh, we said, no, you know, let us do it. So we, we had an RV. We put, put her in it, got her comfortable, drove to New York. It was uh, like a valet service you know, or, a, you know, Uber. Mm-hmm. Just parked in front of the hospital and then drove off uh, once she had her treatment uh, completed. And, uh, and that's the type of stuff uh, that, that we do from a foundation perspective as well. Uh, but, but Kate's great. She's actually in remi- uh, remission. Uh, actually, I think it was two or three days ago I received a text from her mother uh, that uh, that her scans were clear, uh, and she was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, which is the most aggressive form of childhood cancer. Uh, it's uh, very very aggressive, uh, but uh, but she's a survivor now, and uh, and she's uh, she's yeah just a remarkable young girl, and I can't wait to see what she she does with her her life and and all the great things she's going to be doing. But yeah, great individual. And that I want you to share that sh- that story because I mean Jacob, we're, you're having the opportunity to give kids a future. And I mean, it's really personal for me with my little cousin. Um, you know, he, he's fingers crossed. He, I know he had a, a test today to make sure that he's still in remission, but his, I think he's on second uh, bone marrow transplant. And this one seems to be the, the one that took. And you know, it, it, it's, it's just the idea of him now being able to have something to look forward to. And for two years, him and his, so my, my cousin who is his dad and his wife, they moved from Jersey to Philadelphia to go to CHOP, uh, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and lots of special specialists there, and great hand, like, the doctor they were working with was one of the best in this specific area um, of this, you know, type of uh, lymphoma, and with, with him now having a chance, and just seeing how the family feels, like, to know, okay, he's got a chance, mm-hmm. and you're giving that to hundreds, thousands of children. And that's impacting real people right now. And I mean, I'm actually a little emotional just talking about it because I know how Im- much it's impacted us. So mm-hmm. just thank you because you're, you're, you're doing something really great and you're, you're helping not just the kids, which I mean, that's, that's the most important thing is helping these kids, but you're helping their families. Um, you're helping their, their you know, extended families and 
it, it really is something that it gives me hope because in all the chaos of the world and the nonsense that we go through on a day-to-day basis, you know, you turn on the news and everything's negative and just, you know, thank you for being something positive that we can talk about today. Well, thank thank you for that. You know, it's, you know, what we do isn't always financial as well. You know, a lot of times, like you, like you said, families, you know, they don't choose this, you know, so they, they find out in one moment that their child has, has cancer and they hadn't done research before on what the consequences are, what's the best uh, treatment out there, you know, they're they're learning it just like everybody else does. But so what we do is we try to connect them with with resources of people who've been through it before. They can help them navigate, can help them understand the terminology, and help them uh, know the different treatment plans. Uh, you know, they're different wherever you go. So it's uh, it's also about that. And uh, you know, I I, th- I think I want to talk a, a second about you know the future state of of cure because you know it's it's an asset, it's a tradable asset. There's four percent that goes to charity, but what is happening is that this is actually transforming into a tool that is going to revolutionize uh, research in the world and not just with uh, pediatric cancer but all research uh, when I, when i was sitting during the pandemic as well and from this you know that point forward everything around our lives is going to revolve around uh, our time during the pandemic uh, but uh, but this is one of those times you know so during the pandemic i was thinking how is it that we were able to come out with a vaccine so quickly and haven't you know, be readily available mainstream shortly thereafter. And, you know, I mentioned I, I work in innovation. So I'm always dissecting problems and trying to identify connections and different different things that we can replicate. And what I discovered was, uh, after analyzing this, hundreds of different variables, there were really three buckets which really resonated. And that was that researchers had uh, massive uh, access to data. So massive amounts of data and same data. Okay, then, which isn't doesn't really happen today. Second thing is researchers stopped working in these silos and pockets uh, throughout the world. I mean, even in Chicago, for example, there's researchers in the same city working on this, the same tests and they, they never collaborate, you know? So that, that's a problem. During the pandemic, that all changed, you know? So, so access to data, you know, you had uh, researchers collaborating, working together. And then, you know, finally on, on the, 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 the third point here, is that they were incentivized, you know, motivated. You know, we didn't know how bad the pandemic was going to be. You know, we didn't want it to affect us or our families, our loved ones, our communities. So people had like motive, like a motivation to uh, want to solve that problem. So what we're building is this is this new technology which is called Cure Chain. And you mentioned CHOP, for example, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We're actually working with a uh, an expert there, Dr. Adam Resnick, is going to be supporting us on this initiative from a research perspective as well as. Um, we have uh, Jim Nasser, who used to be uh, the head of blockchain technology at the CDC. So we're, we're actually meeting uh, in a week and a half from now to uh, have our next workshop. But the idea here is we're building a blockchain-based technology that's going to enable research to occur faster. Uh, it's going to enable uh, more access to data and a bigger reward. And this is going to be become a, a platform that's community-driven, community-based platform to enable uh better and faster uh, breakthroughs in research. You know, research today is funded from the top down, you mm-hmm. know, government organizations, healthcare organizations, big pharma sometimes. And uh, and we're, we're going to come up from the bottom and make an impact uh, from that perspective. But I, I can talk about the technical details of it, but but really it's what it is, it's a dynamic-based NFT network where people, you or I, can put in our medical information agnostically and anonymously. Uh, so there's no personal health identifiable information tied to us. Uh, but that has a lot of value 
and you should be rewarded for that. And uh, through the power of NFTs and reward-based mechanisms, that's the vehicle. And then uh, there's going to be massive amounts of data coming in. There's going to be uh, queryable data, structured data, uh, proof, proofed uh, data, so proof of stake uh, data, and then researchers are going to be incentivized and motivated through financial bounties as, as well as uh, community-driven initiatives. So it's a it's a very big concept uh, that uh, we're, we're putting together a, a pretty uh, pretty top-notch team here to help bring this to life, and I'm really excited to see where that, that's going to take us. But that's the future of Cure Token and where Cure is going. Wow. Wow, folks. How about that? Because we, we talk about, you know, creating solutions, building the solutions and making the uh, and you mentioned it, the old the old ways of doing things, the status quo irrelevant. And that's what you're doing, Jacob. So thank you for doing that. Your dog agrees as well. Good. Yep. Um, and how about this with uh, your dog understands we're already close to time, too. And I just looked at the clock and I realized we were close to time. So I'm a sales guy at heart. I need a call to action. What can folks do now to go help support the Beckley Foundation and help support this awesome new innovation, the Cure Token? Well, I'll, I'll be very fast here. There's lots of ways. You can go to curetoken.net to check out uh, the cryptocurrency if you're interested in that uh, digital asset. You can also go to thebeckleyfoundation.org if you would like to uh, learn more about the research we're funding and supporting, and you can make a donation there. And then as well, uh, I didn't mention this, but we have a sponsorship with NASCAR that we're doing this year. So you'll see us all over NASCAR this year and uh, racing in September, which is the uh, month of uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And you can go to raceforacure.com with the number four to learn all about that and get involved. We're giving away two cars. We're raffling off a motorcycle, two Camaros, uh, raffling off a motorcycle as well as tons of other uh, prizes uh, that you can uh, opt in to, to win just by getting involved and participating. Wow. How about that, folks? We got a call to action and it's an easy one. And you can win some stuff too. How about that? While fighting pediatric cancer along the way using cryptocurrency, why not? With that being said, Jacob Beckley, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. And folks, if you enjoyed the episode, well, please do me a solid. Make sure you go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, please make sure you give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty. And by the way, if you particularly enjoy this episode, well, here's what you can do. Go ahead, click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right to BrianNicholsShow.com right to today's episode where you can find all the links for the episode, the entire transcript for the episode. Oh, and by the way, all 450 plus episodes of The Brian Nichols Show. So with that being said, Jacob Beckley, thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having me here, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at BrianNicholsShow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at Liberty and consider donating to the show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. 
New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now. Now.